Is Odo Beckham Jr. the key to keeping Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens? We talk about that, what Odell Beckham brings to the Ravens after his signing. Also looking at how he potentially changes the Ravens' draft needs. We'll also talk about a mock draft Monday and the Ravens trading up to stop the fall of a rising star. All that and much more coming up next year on this Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire, and we're here as always on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us today on this Monday morning, maybe Monday afternoon. Maybe you're looking here with us on Monday evening or another day. Thank you so much for tuning in, being here, and making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available to subscribe anywhere. Video form on YouTube. You can see me, my face, my background, my, my all-white shirt here. Also in audio form, it's the same show, both audio and video. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens daily podcast. So if you have a friend or a family member who is a Ravens fan, wants Ravens news analysis updates on this team, be sure to throw them over our way. We provide the best daily Ravens content over here. And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. And we have an exciting episode here today. We had a live stream edition of Locked On Ravens. We talked about the signing of Odo Beckham, my instant reaction to that. I engaged with the chat. It was really fun. So if you don't want to miss out on those live shows and big news happens, be sure to, again, subscribe to us, audio form, video form, and turn notifications on so you know when we go live when our content comes out. But So we talked about that. If you want to have an initial reaction to the signing, more of a general show on that, be sure to check out that show, the Ravens signing Odell Beckham show. But here today, I want to talk about the Lamar Jackson effect. And I think, I think that's the next biggest storyline in this whole thing is with Odell now signing with the Ravens, what does that mean for Lamar Jackson? Is Lamar Jackson now more likely to stay in Baltimore? Is Odell the key, the piece to keep Lamar Jackson with the Ravens? So we'll talk about that in the first segment. Then in the second segment, I want to talk more about Odell. That'll be more of like a general segment about what he brings, how he impacts the Ravens' potential draft strategy, et cetera, et cetera. So still Odell talk there. Then finally, we have this is a mock draft Monday. I mean, at, at the end of Friday's show with Kaj Ismael, I said a special mock draft Monday I didn't think it'd be this. I didn't think it'd be this, but we'll do a trade up. I do my trade up and trade down mock drafts a couple weeks before the draft. This one was my trade up mock draft. Wasn't a lot to work with with the picks the Ravens have, only five at the moment, but I did stop the fall of a rising star, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But let's talk Odell. Let's talk Lamar. This is a pairing I think that a lot of people are excited about. There was one half of that duo officially in Baltimore, but what, what about the other half? What about the quarterback? That is, I think, the more important half. Also, now a lot of keys to this, Jordan Schultz, who goes over and works over at the score, ended up having a very interesting tweet that he put out on Sunday night saying, Lamar Jackson and Nuttall Beckham have had multiple conversations during OBJ's free agency about teaming up together and winning a Super Bowl with the Ravens, according to sources familiar with the situation. There's still business to handle with Lamar, but this is a significant step. And I do think, you know, just a general thought, I think that the signing of Odell is a is I agree. I think it's a good step in the right direction. Is it the be all end all? Is Lamar definitely staying in Baltimore long term? 
no, there's there's no definite answer to that right now, especially because to me, I still think this is more money driven where whoever gives Lamar the money he wants is where Lamar is going to go. Now, I think that what the possibility here is of Odell and Lamar is Lamar could sign on for one year with the Ravens. He could maybe sign that franchise tag, play on that $32.4 million, try to win a Super Bowl with Odell. And if this is truly a one-year deal for the Ravens and Odell, and he doesn't come back, maybe Odell leaves and Lamar leaves, and this is like, oh, this is our best shot to win. Let's do it now, and then maybe it doesn't work out. Maybe it does. They win the Super Bowl, and it's great. But, again, maybe that is it has multiple different situations and multiple different scenarios that could come out of it. So I think Odell is a key piece in keeping Lamar. I do. Is he the key? I think money is the key. Like, I think that is the absolute factor for Lamar. But going out there, signing Odell, proving to Lamar that, hey, you know, we'll go out there, we'll get a guy for you, a guy that you've been talking to and giving him the money that he wanted. I mean, a lot of people are saying, what, you know, you have the money for Odell, but not for Lamar. Like, what is this? Just pay Lamar. You got to you gotta give Lamar weapons too. I am on board with the signing. I, again, the price to me is a, is a bit of an overpay. I've been consistent. If you've been listening here to me on Locked on Ravens, I have said 20 million would be an overpay. I said 50 million, 15 million would be an overpay. 18 million up to 18 million with the 15 in guarantees. I still think that is a, a, a bit of an overpay, but at the same time, this is a move I think the Ravens had to make. It was either Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, Cortland Sutton. They needed a big time wide receiver, a big name wide receiver in Baltimore. Is Odell the prime New York Giants wide receiver? I've said it over and over. No, he's, he's not. He's not that guy anymore. He's soon to be 31 years old coming off the two ACL surgeries or the two significant surgeries, but he, I still think he's a low-end wide receiver one. Played well with the Rams after going over there and helped Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and that team win that Super Bowl. And it, it meant a lot to him. You know, you, you could see the emotion on his face. And I think Lamar, who was just so invested in winning, right? Lamar's, Lamar's a guy who wants to win. We know that. We have heard that from him. He wants to win a Super Bowl and he wants to be a billionaire, right? That is what he said on LeBron James's podcast and LeBron James's show. So, that to Lamar, those are the most important things here, being a winner, being a champion, and being a billionaire. Now, being a champion requires a lot. Obviously, being a billionaire does too. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not shocked Lamar wants the most money he can get. And, and Lamar is holding out for what he feels like he's worth. It does not shock me he's doing that. But Lamar also wants to win. I do believe that for him, if he had the opportunity to get the money to stay in Baltimore, he would. And I think, again, there have been the reports, the Ravens, the, part of the signing here was to hopefully smooth things over with Lamar, get Lamar back. If, even if it's a slight overpay for Lamar, if it if it gets or a slight overpay for Odell, excuse me, getting Lamar back would be, I think, worth that slight overpay because it's someone Lamar wants to play with and adding him to this offense gives Lamar the best wide receiver group he has ever played with. I mean, that is just a fact with R Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay and Nelson Aguilar alongside Odell Beckham. With Lamar back, this offense has a potential to be incredible Todd Munkin has a hand in that too going from a Greg Roman to Todd Munkin offense I think so many people I talked about this on the live show so many people want to see Lamar in a Todd Munkin offense want to see him in just a non-Greg Roman offense but now for Lamar he has to decide for himself you know coming back on that franchise tag let's say that is the path he takes is that worth it for him injury risk wise let's say I still think Lamar gets paid with or without an injury but 
you know, playing on the franchise tag is a risk. You get the fully guaranteed money on a one-year deal, can re-enter free agency next year and maybe get even a bigger contract here. The reports and the rumors, it started off as a fully guaranteed contract, but then, you know, the reports came out that now he just wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, doesn't have to be fully guaranteed. So maybe Odell can have that conversation with Lamar and say, hey, man, let's go out there, let's win together. You know, even if it's, it's just for one year, I mean, hopefully it'll be long-term. I think the best path for both the Ravens and Lamar's long-term extension, the worst path for them would be if it's one year, they don't win, Odell leaves, Lamar leaves, and then <laughs> you just push the whole situation back a year, and that's that. So I think the Odell signing is good. I think it is a good signing, and I think if it helps Lamar, it makes it all the better. The money people are kind of up in arms about. Odell's not a player, I think, anymore that's going to put up like a – 1,515 touchdown season. I don't even think the Ravens offense is going to allow for that. I don't think the Ravens all of a sudden are going to throw the ball 50 times a game and be this pass first offense. But for Odell and Lamar, that's a duo that I think so many want to see in action in Baltimore. I think they can be deadly together in Baltimore. They're guys that just make defense. It makes it hard to game plan at night. I'm not saying like for me personally, I'd rather have DeAndre Hopkins over Odell. I would have, you know, the contract situation with him, you know, you got to kind of figure that out. But right now, for what Baltimore needed, Odell was the last good wide receiver on the market, or at least the last needle-moving wide receiver on the market for me. So being able to secure him, although it's at the price it was, I still think that this is a positive step in the right direction for Lamar's prospects of being in Baltimore, at least, at least in 2023. We'll see what happens long-term. Maybe he even gets traded on draft night. No, Odell plays with Tyler Huntley. Again, no, nothing set in stone right now, but I do believe, I truly do, this is a positive step in the right direction in the Lamar situation. It shows Lamar that the Ravens are willing to spend the money on a wide receiver, maybe a guy that he likes, a wide receiver that he likes. They also spent the money on Nelson Aguilar. I know people aren't as happy with that signing. I still would have brought back to Marcus Robinson, but they have added 16 combined years of NFL experience. They have added a ton of, of experience, something they desperately, desperately needed. So we'll see how the situation plays out, but hopefully it means Lamar's in Baltimore, at least for 2023. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving a bit more into Odell, a bit more into Lamar, talking about what this means for the Ravens draft prospects and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I've learned a lot of things about myself throughout the course of my life. I learned something new about myself really every day. And some of those learning experiences have changed my life. And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and we're always changing. You know, you learn so much about yourself and therapy is about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do unless we talk through things that are help connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And there are so many people who have benefited from therapy and so many have shared their experiences now and has helped change them. And there are so many benefits of therapy, like learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries. It even empowers you to become the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We are back here, our second segment. Segment of Locked On Ravens or Locked On Odo Beckham Jr., if you want to call it that here today. Kevin Allstriker still rocking out with you here on this Monday. And, and let's let's keep talking Odell. You know, this is a big signing for the Ravens. 
their second outside signing of the offseason. Both those guys have been wide receivers. And I kind of ended the first segment with it where the Ravens did add so much experience through these two guys. I mean, Odo Beckham Jr. and Nelson Aguilar combined 16 years of experience, 871 catches, 11,613 yards, 87 touchdowns. The other seven, the seven wide receivers on Baltimore's roster combined outside of those two guys, 22 years of experience, 245 catches, 2,827 yards, 12 touchdowns. That's it's a big gap. They, they needed veterans. They got veterans. Uh, the, the Beckham signing is great for that. I mean, even, even Aguilar, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Aguilar signing personally, but it's, they needed veterans out of personally, again, brought back to Marcus Robinson, but you're getting two proven guys. Now Aguilar struggles with drops. Odell, you got to worry about the age and the health a little bit, but that should be still an upgrade. I think Robinson and Aguilar is a push. Beckham is a very big upgrade. And even, you know, you, you can let, let's throw Aguilar down into the other guys. So the eight wide receivers on the Ravens roster combined, not named Odo Beckham Jr. 585 catches, 7,073 yards, 43 touchdowns. Odo Beckham Jr. himself, 531 catches, 7,367 yards, and 56 touchdowns. So Odell, he's a proven guy. But again, let, let's look at the injury history here, at least the health for him over the past couple of seasons. He's had a couple of seasons cut short due to injury. That 2017 season with the Giants only played in four games. 2020 with Cleveland played in the seven games. 2021 obviously won the Super Bowl, but had the, the ACL injury in the Super Bowl. So you have to hope Odell has only played a full 16-game season in his career twice, two times. Obviously now it's a 17-game season, but throughout his eight years of experience, you know, I'm only saying eight because 2022 he didn't play. Eight years in the NFL – two fully healthy seasons. So gives you a little cause for concern. And again, well, at least he played in just two full seasons in his eight year career. So I'm, you know, you go, you go into this hopefully with, uh, I guess, hope that Odell is going to play a full 17 games. But I think the expectation, at least for me, that he's probably going to miss a couple of games, hopefully not a lot, but that's just me saying, what are you going to do if Odo misses a couple games? Well, now you just go down the depth chart. Hopefully Rashad Bateman will be able to stay healthy. Devin Duvernay can step up. They might even add somebody. And, and you know, talking about the draft and what the Ravens could do there, this gives the Ravens so much flexibility. I mean, it is it is incredible how much flexibility this gives them. This allows them to go best player available if they want to. They can take a corner if they want to. They can take a ladder if they want to still. Or they could trade down. And in terms of, you know, how I rank those scenarios in terms of likelihood, in terms of personally, my my opinion on this, I probably say trading down is the most likely scenario for the Ravens at 22. Then drafting a corner is next. Drafting a wide receiver is next. And then drafting best player available after that. The reason I say trading down is because, again, the Ravens are only have five picks this year. They've made it very clear. They've made it very, very clear that they want to add more picks. And I think a great way to do that is to move down. I think if the Ravens are picking at 22, unless there is an absolute guy that you know you want there that has fallen, he, there's no way he should be there at 22, absolute stud star player, you go ahead. If there's a no-brainer, you take the pick, right? But if there's not, and you maybe have six, seven, eight guys who you would take at 22, I think trading down to 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, any of those picks – you trade down a couple spots, you can maybe pick up a second round pick in that deal as well, maybe a third round pick in that deal as well. I think for me, a key for the Ravens to have a successful draft, I'm not saying they can't have them without this, but 
a key for the Ravens to have a successful draft is to trade into the second round, whether that is trading back a couple spots and picking up an, an extra second round pick, trading a player for a second round pick, moving around with your mid round picks to move up to the second round. This draft to me is not necessarily super top heavy to me where I think the bread and butter lies. And I had talked about this on the live show too. And we had a lot of, a lot of great comments about it is the fact that I think this draft where teams are going to get successful players, where the picks are going to be hit on is in the late first to early third round. That to me is where I think there is a ton of depth guys who could easily be first round prospects, but there's just so many of them. This is a super deep corner class, super deep wide receiver class. I'm fine with the Ravens if they take Jackson Smith and Jigba or Quentin Johnston or Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. That's a fine route to go, especially because we know Odell is not a long-term answer at wide receiver with his age and with this only being a one-year deal. You still need to add long-term players to the position. Corner-wise, you have to do the same thing, though. I mean, guys like Joey Porter Jr. or uh, Cam Smith, or Deontay Banks, guys like Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez, I don't think you're going to be there at 22, so stay tuned for our third segment my Mock Draft Monday. Hint, hint about who I take and trade up for in the in the first round. But I think wide receiver and corner are your two most glaring needs. But signing Odell, if the Ravens hadn't signed Odell and gone into the draft with kind of what they had already had in their roster as it was, I think the Ravens were pretty much pigeonholing themselves into a wide receiver because there was just nothing else. You know, you needed to upgrade that room more than Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar could be a move not the move. Now we know Aguilar is a move and not the move. And that to me at least makes that move a lot better. I still don't love it, but it it at least makes it look a lot better than it did without Odell. So I think Odell changes things a lot for the Ravens draft wise in a good way. And it doesn't mean the Ravens aren't going to take a wide receiver. If the Ravens go corner in the first round, I still expect them to take maybe a, a receiver at 86 or in the fourth round. There are a lot of those guys in that third round range. A lot of people have talked about Jonathan Mingo being a very popular name. Marvin Mims, if he's there, I don't think he will be, but Marvin Mims potentially. There are really solid options. And even if you want to go third round corners, I think Julius Brents, he's he's probably not going to be there at, at 86, but guys like Julius Brents and Travis Hodges Tomlinson and, and Jacorian Bennett, depending on how you, how you feel about him, there are really good corner prospects as well. Garrett Williams, that's another one. They're good secondary pieces. So Baltimore's draft can now look a little different than it would have. And Odell in general is a player that I think can give the Ravens flexibility if he's able to stay healthy on the field in terms of where he lines up and what he's able to do. He gets separation very easily. So the Ravens in terms of like what profile they're looking for, I don't think it's necessarily a necessity to have a big bodied guy, but I think the Ravens have their separators. They have their speedsters. That's why I'd, I'd be more okay with Quentin Johnston than others, but getting just a big bodied wide receiver who can go up, be a red zone threat, be a huge contested catch guy, Miles Boykin, the Ravens drafted him to be that, but he didn't play like his height. He didn't play like he was tall. He played like a smaller wide receiver and didn't use his body to his advantage. If the Ravens can get somebody who plays big, can dunk on guys in the red zone, dunk on guys in the end zone, that to me I think is is, is very, very important. So to me, I think that this move, it, it's great for multiple reasons. I, this is a huge risk. Like I'm not saying it's not a risk for the Ravens here. I know a lot of people have, have said this screams desperation. I don't want to go as far as say desperation because I, I don't think it is, but I think the Ravens felt urgency that they felt a need to go out there and do this. Now, the key part of this, and I'll end the second segment with this is the fact that, you know, the Ravens had this money, I think for somebody, they were going to spend it on somebody because we heard what Darius Slay had to say about the Ravens offering right in that $14 million range. It looked like the Ravens did want to make that one big splash, but how different would things be if it was Darius Slay? 
if there is Slay Simon with the Ravens, Odell very likely does not come to Baltimore. It would have taken a lot more convincing to get him on a cheaper, more incentive-laden deal. But what what does this look like if we're talking about Marlon Humphrey and Darius Slay and then whatever the heck the Ravens have at wide receiver going into that draft? I think this, this is where I was talking about before the offseason. Whatever big splash the Ravens make, the Ravens should take the opposite in the first round based off their two needs wide receiver corner. So if it was Darius Slay, I'd be pounding on the table for a wide receiver saying the Ravens should take a wide receiver in the first round. They got their veteran splash at corner. Now add a, a really solid young guy at wide receiver. Now for me, the Ravens sign Odell. They got their veteran splash, a wide receiver. Now I say address that other need at corner, go out there, get a guy you can put next to Marlon Humphrey. You can have faith in that, in that corner room and have more depth behind Humphrey because I think that's very, very important. So interesting interesting perspective, how things can change, definitely. But coming up in our final segment, we're going to be talking about my mock draft Monday, looking at who I picked for the Ravens, who I traded up for. Also getting into some mock drafts from Twitter if we have at the time, so be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel and Grand Slams. No hitters and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And if you want to bet on Adley Rushman, continuing to do his thing you know he's been great this season maybe a pitcher going over on strikeouts or even building a same game polarity with your favorite matchups of the day be sure to get in on the action with FanDuel. don't miss your chance to get no sweat first so that's one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to fanduelcom slash locked on to sign up FanDuel official partner of major league baseball we are back our final segment locked on ravens here on monday kevin ostriker still here with you an exciting episode an exciting week here as Otto beckham jr signs with the ravens one year up to $18 million deal, $15 million of that guaranteed. Big risk, but could have a very big reward for the Ravens. But this is Mock Draft Monday, and we, we have a Mock Draft to talk about. Mock Draft Sunday came out very late because of this Odo Beckham news. I've been absolutely swamped, but putting out the content, it, it's been great. I've been doing this show since August 2019. I kind of talked about it on the live show. It's crazy. Marquise Brown was the Ravens' first-round pick that year. Now Marquise Brown is gone. Odell Beckham, the newest Ravens wide receiver. So be sure to subscribe here on YouTube. Follow along in audio form as well. I I love putting out this content. I really appreciate all the support here. And we're coming up on 1,000 episodes for me, so that'll be a big celebration here on the show. But So I did a mock draft Monday, or a mock draft Sunday that is now mock draft Monday here today. And again, I do my trade mock drafts right before the draft. So a couple weeks before I do a trade up one and a trade down one. This one was the trade up one with, with five picks. It's pretty unrealistic. They would just trade up outright and only have four picks, but I did it uh, just for, for the sake of the content. I did it. So I ended up trading with the Detroit lions for the 18th overall pick. I traded 22, 124, 2024, third and 2024 fourth for pick 18. So moving up four spots, I know it's it, it's a bit of an overpay pick-wise. My thought process was the Ravens didn't have to give up their 86 pick this year. The 2024 third is, you know, this is a decent loss, but then the 2024 fourth, Odell's not going to count against the compensatory pick because he wasn't classified as, I think, a, a league free agent from what I understand. So that 2024 fourth, the Ravens, I think you're going to get that back for Ben Powers anyway assuming everything goes well with that signing. So realistically, it's moving up four spots, giving up 124, which is a fourth rounder, and giving up a 2024 third, and then you get that fourth round pick back. So 
again, I understand if you think it's an overpay. I, I do not blame you if you think that's the case. But I traded up for Devin Witherspoon in the corner from Illinois, who I think is going to have no business being here at number 18. If he is, I'd make that move up much like I would have for Kyra Hamilton. Then he dropped to 14 somehow. Witherspoon, I think, is my best prospect at least corner-wise, in this class. He's super aggressive, very physical. He's great in man coverage. I mean, he has the ball production stats to back him up, too. He's going to be incredible in this league. Now, zone-wise, it's a little iffy. I don't think it's bad, but he's de- he definitely excels more in man. And also, you know, eyes in the backfield can be a, a little bit of an issue, but he also has a ton of hit power. He's able to create turnovers based off of that also has really, really good instincts. So he's a tone setter, good tackler as well. Also really good on special teams. We know John Harbaugh loves those special teamers and and loves the ability to get guys on special teams. So his ball skills, I think makes him a very intriguing prospect can be a bit over eager. Sometimes that can be both a good and a bad thing. Also his frame you know, there are questions about how he's going to translate at least to the, the, against physical guys. He's six foot, 180 pounds. But I still think if he is there at 18, absolute steal for the Ravens. I, I was very pleased that he was there. Then at number 86, I picked A.T. Perry, the wide receiver from Wake Forest. And he's a guy, again, I talk about that big frame, 6'5", 212 pounds. He is uh, that that prototypical X guy, the guy that you can put there and say, yeah, this guy's an NFL receiver. Good red zone threat, really good body control as well. Put up over 1,000 yards at Wake Forest last season, 11 touchdowns. He understands how to run his routes really well as well. I think attacking the ball is something he does well at times, also can struggle with at times. So that could be an issue for him. He also has struggled a bit with drops. I think his release package could get a little better at the NFL and also getting separation. But look, the the Ravens have their separators. They have the guys going to be separators. To me, I think A.T. Perry gives them a skill set they don't currently have right now. And that to me is personally very valuable. Then I ended up going with another wide receiver. And I know this pick is controversial to some at 157 in Tank Dell. I don't think Tank Dell is going to be here. Uh, This was just crazy value to me. I've talked about him a lot. Obviously the concerns with Tank Dell are his height, his frame. He's 5'10", 155, a very small wide receiver, but he's a playmaker, has big playability as well. Can play on special teams as well, potentially as a punt returner. Also there are injury concerns with him, but I still think getting him at 157 was just too good to pass up personally. Then I end up going edge with the, with the last pick in this draft at 199. Thomas and Coombe, the edge from Central Michigan. Now, this is a guy, you know, big frame, 6'4", 260, had great production in the Mid-American, 11.5 sacks for him. Now, when you look at him, I mean, he's someone who has great motor. His production is there. His strength is very good. He has good strength for the NFL, but he's more of a developmental piece at this rate, which I think you can you can have if you sign a veteran at that position as well. Where if you have, let's just say it's Justin Houston, if it's Justin Houston, Tyus Bowser, Adafi Owe, and David Ajabo, plus Thomas Nkum, your developmental guy and your veteran come back alongside Bowser, Ajabo, and, and Owe. I think that's a fine group to have. So I, I was pleased with this mock draft. I really like the value I got. I, I love Witherspoon. I think that the combination of Perry and Dell could be really good. And then getting the pass rusher and Thomas and Goom, I'd give myself a solid grade. I know the, tra- the trade up might be a bit of an overpay, but I- I'll take this mock draft, especially if that Devin Witherspoon pick is on the board there. But let's get into a couple of mock drafts before we end up rounding out the show here. First, let's get into one from Katie Santander, who says, no trade scenario. 
first of 22. Cam Smith, the corner from South Carolina, is the pick. Then Jaden Reed, wide receiver from Michigan State, is the pick at 86. Zach Harrison, edge from Ohio State, is the pick at 124. And he's offensive guard from USC, is the pick at 157. And Jalen Redmond, defensive tackle from Utah at 199, is the pick. So Cam Smith, I, I like a lot. I think if the Ravens were to get Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, or Cam Smith at 22, I'd be totally fine with that. And if you're able to trade down and get a guy like a Cam Smith or a Deontay Banks at 25 or 26, you can, you can sign me up for that one. Jaden Reed, I think, is a solid prospect as well. And this kind of gives a little insight into what the Ravens draft could look like positionally with Odell now in the fold, where it's corner wide receiver and then kind of rounding out other needs like edge. We talked about, you know, the, the edge position with Thomas and Coombe a little bit ago. Then Andrew Voorhees had the injury at the combine, but I think would have probably been a fourth round like or maybe early fourth late third round guy without that injury and then Jalen Redmond I think a solid defensive tackle prospect so I, I do like this mock draft from Katie here especially the Cam Smith Jaden Reed duo then let's get into a mock draft from KT Ravens block 92 has the Ravens taking Zay Flowers right as from Boston College at number 33, I, I love that value there. DJ Turner, corner from Michigan at 62. A.T. Perry, wide receiver from Wake Forest at 86. Jordan Battle, safety from Alabama at 87. Zach Pickens, defensive tackle from South Carolina at 113. And Emily Courier Jr., the offensive guard from Alabama at 124. Zay Flowers at 33, again, insane value. I, I love that pick there. And then picking up that extra pick in the 60s to get DJ Turner. I would The, the Flowers-Turner duo signed me up 10 times out of 10. AJ AT Perry, we talked about that one a little bit as well. And then also, again, rounding out needs, a safety, a defensive lineman, an offensive guard. This is a really good one because this is this is a glimpse into what a trade down could look like. Again, you're picking up really solid value with Zay Flowers. I love DJ Turner as well. Talked about AT Perry a little bit, but again, that duo, that Flowers-Turner duo, I think that would be a, a very big win. Baltimore. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Again, be sure to subscribe, both audio form and video form for free. No money involved here. We're going to get back here tomorrow. It's more Ravens talk, more Odell Beckham Jr. talk, and of course, more Lamar Jackson talk. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.